Glory to Jesus Christ, Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their history, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is the story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by the iconography of Father Thomas J. Loya. Father Loya's iconography for your prayer and home devotion may be obtained by going to MorningstarBooksAndGifts.com That's MorningstarBooksAndGifts.com Then click on the Art and Decorative link and click on Icons in the drop-down box or call 630-629-1720 Morningstar Books and Gifts 28 West St. Charles Street, Lombard, Illinois Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, and we're getting towards the end of the year, which also means we're moving into, finally, the event of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in the flesh, the great incarnation, the great divine condescension, as we call it in the Eastern churches, the kenosis, the self-emptying of our Lord, where an invisible God deigns to become that which he created while remaining at the same time the Creator. The invisible God becomes visible through the very creation, the physicality that he himself created. That is the great mystery, the great miracle of the season, which put very simply, of course, is the word Christmas. This event, this incarnational event, is a universal event observed, celebrated, known by people all over the world. And if it is not, the fact of the matter is it was universal. And because it was universal, our program today is going to be universal. We're going to hear from people from different parts of the world. And one of them is a good friend of ours who's been on our program before. His name is Brendan Roberts. He is being heard from New Zealand today. And he is an author, speaker, and also a budding actor. Welcome, Brendan, to our program, Lay the East. Yes, thank you very much, Father. It's a pleasure to be here. Brendan, the incarnational event, and this is very evident in the Byzantine iconography, the iconography of the Eastern Church, where it depicts Christ with his mother and Joseph, is surrounded by all the animals and plants and the caves and the stars. In other words, it's an event of cosmic significance. It's an event that touches all of creation. And the whole subject of creation is one that's put before our eyes, the significance of it, even its origins at this time of year because of the incarnation. I know that you are writing a lot about this whole idea of creation. So tell us really about what you're writing, your books, and so on. Sure. The, I released my first book in 1995, and that was because I was a missionary in Germany from 1992, uh, 1990 to 1992. And in my first book, Get free. I talk about the experiences of being beaten up at school, how that gave me a fear of rejection, and then that journey of wanting to be a missionary and also that process of being set free. And so that's really my first book. And it wasn't until about 1998 
that I released my second book, which was sort of like a sequel of that, which was amazing uh, experiences of going to England, Russia, and Romania, as well as experiences in Germany. And then it wasn't until about, I suppose, the year 2000 when I'd put down that dream of writing, and yet it was picked up again when someone wanted to write a book to convert other Christians. I thought, great, I'll help. And then I wrote to my best friend, and then she replied, and she goes, hey, but they already know Jesus. Why don't you write something for those that don't know about the existence of God? And then it just... It was just amazing. The creative juices just were flowing by, you know, the power of the Holy Spirit. And just the whole structure of the book came as a result of that. And the title of the book is called God, Fact or Fiction. And it actually became a book which I could actually talk about the whole thing of creation. And it became a book for those that know God and those that don't know about God. So there's sort of I could say God had an idea of something even much greater. And I start with the Big Bang Theory, and it's an amazing theory because from that you get the creation of space, time, matter, or energy. And even when I was unloading the book from the truck, I was able to sort of like talk to this um, the truckie and answer a question that he had about the whole thing of creation in the sense of who created God. And I said, well, with the creation of space-time, matter, and energy, whatever created it had to be outside of that. And it's an amazing theory to actually explain the eternity or the infinity of God because I said because he had to be outside of that, he's not bound by that, and so logically he could actually exist forever, which is um, it's a really exciting uh, theory to be able to explain that aspect of God because it's one the Christians or sorry, children say, and I've also been on radio programs like here in Auckland, and that's the one question that I was asked. And it's really an amazing theory. And from that, the creation, see, this is the thing with creation, is that the Catholic understanding of creation is so different to other denominations because the Catholic position embraces, for example, that God could have created in literal 24 hours, uh, six days a week kind of thing, but it's also even more open, you could say, to the aspect that the universe is billions of years old because that's what science actually reveals to us. And so this is what God, Fact or Fiction is about. It's about the relationship of science and religion. And so when we're talking about evolution... We're talking about natural principles and laws that God could have created. And see, this is the thing that the Catholic Church has a problem with atheistic or neo-Darwinism evolution. And when I cover the aspect of evolution, and this is the thing, because in the schools, the kids are being thrust with message that, hey, there is no God. And what the kids don't realize is that the majority of the world actually believes in a creator. And this is also something that, this is a fascinating survey that was done in 1914 by the sociologist James Luber. He revealed that 42% of American scientists believe in the existence of a personal God who reveals himself and answers prayers. Now they did that same survey 80 years later, and you would think it would have halved, but guess what? Edward Larson, he's a UGA professor of law and history, he conducted, conducted the survey again, 
And how many scientists do you think believe in such a God's existence? 20%? Or how about 10%? Uh Uh-uh. It seemed that the number would be remarkably smaller, but astonishingly, the number of scientists who now believe in such a personal God changed only nominally by 3%. So in fact, 39% of scientists in America believe in a personal God. Wow! That is amazing. That's such an incredible aspect because the media, secular media, loves to portray the aspect of secularism that, hey, we don't believe in God. But, hey, I've been to America and I've been able to talk to people like on trains and that because I just love talking to people and love talking to people about what I write. And that's the aspect, the sense that I get is Americans, though they're open to everything, they're still open to that aspect of God. It's part of their culture. It's part of who they are. And so when we're talking about evolution, we talk about micro and macro evolution. Micro evolution is saying a species adapts to its environment, and macro evolution is saying that a species changes into another species. And this is a fascinating aspect with natural selection because what people don't realize is it's so much more ancient than... Uh, Darwin himself, because an ancient Greek, Empedocles, this is what he says. He says that in all these things, only that which happened to be suitable for some utility, as it were made for that utility, was preserved. For such things had a, had a disposition which made them suitable, suitable for being preserved, not because of some agent intending an end, but because of what which is per se purposeless, that is by chance. On the other hand, Whatever did not have such a disposition was destroyed and is destroyed daily. And that actually sounds like natural selection without calling it that. There's actually Aristotle that quotes this uh, gentleman in Pedicles. And so it's amazing that actually predates so much uh, Darwin, but Darwin sort of puts his own word onto it, natural selection. And it also sort of shows to us, hey, this is... Uh, something quite natural. It's a natural law that God has actually given us. Now, another and in the uh, in, in the in the theories of evolution, Brendan. In fact, it actually is just a theory. In fact, the the whole Darwinian evolution thing is really not good science. It's actually, in a sense, its own religion. Its own. It's philosophically based. Because one of the weaknesses is is that they do not prove the jumps. They don't prove how the so, so, supposed evolutionary jumps occurred. And most especially, they, that the theory does not prove how the jump occurred between animals and then the human person, who is so much different than the rest of the species. Absolutely. And that's the thing, because when they've tried to do uh, sort of prove that jump, you've got the things such as tilt-down man, where they actually fabricated the evidence. That's such yes. a fascinating thing. Uh, like, I just invite the readers to Google Pilled Down Man. It's really, really fascinating. And the other thing is, yeah, it's the aspect of atheistic evolution, which tries to say that that's jumped. But the Catholic Church says, no, with the God behind these laws, there's no jump, there's no problem. There's no problem even as Catholics to believe that we came from apes, except God would have had to implant an immortal soul into that new being. 
which, you know, it's actually quite a fresh, I suppose, un, um, approach to actually embrace science as well as religion. Because, like, personally, I say, yes, God could have done it either way. He could have created us from the mud, you know, it's like, because yes. whatever uh, book of Genesis says, is that we come, we're taken from the ground, and that ground could be another being, or that ground could be mud itself. Well, we're going to continue with our international guest today, Brendan Roberts, the author of God, Fact, or Fiction. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion, and to tell the story of the eastern lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support in order to keep Light of the East on the air. You can make a donation now by going to ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. Click on the radio button and then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church has something special for your holiday table this Christmas season. Now imagine an incredibly delicious nut roll or poppy seed roll from the kitchens of Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church. These ample and substantial old world treats are over a foot long, made with loving care from old world recipes. Just $15 each. To order your nut roll or poppy seed roll, call 708-645-0241. That's 708-645-0241. Pick up at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church, 14610 Wilcook Road in Homer Glen, Illinois. Can't get to the church? We'll put it in the mail. Just add $5. Call 708-645-0241. That's 708-645-0241. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church Nut and Poppy Seed Rolls. The Tabor Life Institute which is dedicated to the formation and education in the theology of the body. To find out more about the Tabor Life Institute, you can go to taborlife.org. That's taborlife.org. Especially if you're interested in conferences and retreats, in particular for youth, young adults, and also for those of you who speak Spanish. That's taborlife.org. And now, back to Light of the East. Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Lloyd. Our guest today on our international program in light of the whole celebration of an international event, an incarnational cosmic universal event, and that is, of course, the Nativity of our Lord, the coming of our Lord in the flesh. We have today our good friend, Brendan Roberts, author of God, Fact, or Fiction, and he's talking about creation, how it all came to be, and what the theories are, and how the church approaches that, especially in regard to or relation to the arguments about evolution or even intelligent design. Tell us a little bit about intelligent design, Brendan. Yes, sure. First of all, just before I do that, I want to cover the aspect of the likelihood of chance. Now, one of the analogies I use is by Sir Fred Hoyle, and he's a famous astronomer, and one of the things he says is that the likelihood of the universe and us coming to exist by chance is like lining up 10 to the power of 50 blind people, give them all a scrambled Rubik's Cube, and finding that they all solve it at the same moment. <laughs> and while I say, sure, it's like it's possible like uh, 
a lottery, winning the lottery, but the thing is you would have had to replicate that thousands if not millions of times in order to get life. And one of the things about natural selection that it doesn't answer is how life came to exist because natural selection only works on something that is living. So there are actually flaws to the theory of um, an atheistic evolution. Now, with intelligent design, it's such an, um, it's a hot topic in the States, I know that, and it's also quite a, it's a wonderful uh, theory, because that's what it is in a theory, and it covers the aspect that you can tell by what you see that there is design in the universe. And I think what's happened in science in just the last 40 years is amazing, ranging from what we get in the uh, STEM, especially adult stem cell research, and also from within that, break it down even more, is the aspect of the cell, break that down even more, is the aspect of DNA. Now, the DNA actually reflects code, and it's got four base code for example, A, C, T, and G, while your home computer works on a binary system of two base code. And as you ask any uh, high school kid, probably any junior kid, and you say, hey, you've got a code, does that actually mean you've got a designer? And of course it does. And so we can actually reason, uh, reason that there is design even just by that simple aspect that we've got a code. And the thing with intelligent design is they break it down into three aspects. It's the specification, complexity, and within that complexity is the irreducible complexity. And that's saying that if you've got a system and you take one component out of that system and it all breaks down, for example, you've got a mousetrap. You take one component out of that mousetrap, the whole system will break down. You take the cell, you take um, any part of that cell out and the whole system will break down. And so it also explains, for example, you've got the whole complexity of the eye. Now, how can the eye just gradually come to be without a creator? Because with, if, if it's only functioning 1%, it's not even an eye, which is just really um, an amazing theory. Well, Brendan, where can people get your book? Something could be a great gift for Christmas. Yes, absolutely. Now, it's available in America. I've got um, a friend who's like selling copies within the States, and so they can go to my website. I'm actually very Googleable. <laughs> <laughs> so Google knows me very well. <laughs> and the website is Godfact, so G-O-D-F-A-C-T dot com. That's for my latest book. And you could also find my first two books, which are more personal testimony, on KiwiG, so K-I-W-I-G dot com. Well, Brendan, we want to wish you a very blessed Christmas season. Thanks for making a gift of yourself during this time of giftedness, being on our Light of the East. And we're definitely going to have you back from time to time because you've got all kinds of interesting facts (laughs) to provide for us that, of course, undergird what we know by faith. So thanks again, Brendan. Again, this is Brendan Roberts, one of our guests today on Light of the East. He's from New Zealand, and he'll be back with us another time again. So again, a blessed Christmas to you and a blessed New Year, Brendan. Amen, and a blessed Christmas to you and all the listeners, and have a fabulous New Year. God bless you. Thank you.
Well, we're going to move to another part of the world today in our international program. Our program is featuring international people because the event of our Lord's incarnation, the flesh, known as Christmas, was an international event. In fact, it was a cosmic event. And it's something that is known throughout the world. That's why it is, of course, in its own way, international as well as cosmic. But when our Lord came into our reality... Yes, he brought with us joy, peace on earth. But that peace and that joy also was divisive in its own way because it would indict people. It would call them to make a choice. It would show the contrast between light and darkness. And in fact, we recall the story of the massacre of the innocents that happened as a result of Christ coming into this world. So there is a dark side that this light comes into. And That dark side is experienced by people in different parts of the world. One of those areas is in the country of Iraq. Today, we also have with us on our program, Juliana Tamarazzi with the Iraqi Christian Relief Council. And Juliana, you're going to update us, as you do from time to time on our program, of what's happening with Christians in Iraq, especially during this time of year when we wish that everyone would be enjoying the peace of Christ. It is not always the case. Yes, Father Tom, thank you so much for having me on once again, and uh, wanted to appreciate everything that you have done for our organization, as you have been truly uh, a backbone to this organization. Uh, first and foremost, I wanted to say thank you to all of your listeners who have been supporting us since 2008. Truly, it uh, has made it, you guys have made it so much easier for us to send aid to the Assyrians, Chaldeans, and Syriacs of Iraq the indigenous people of Iraq who are on the verge of extinction today. And now again, your organization, the website for that organization. The website of the organization is IraqiChristianRelief.org. That is the website, IraqiChristianRelief.org. If your listeners would like to donate, there is a donate button. They can send us through PayPal. That's something new that we have added to the account. And we, in turn, support were the Iraqi Christians with three important things, food, shelter, medicine. About 40 to $50 buys a food parcel that supports four people per family for two weeks. And a food parcel is consistent of flour, rice, oil, eggs, basic, basic necessities. The Christians of Iraq are in dire, dire need, and they really don't understand this is Christmas and uh, that they, you know, they cannot afford buying gifts for their children. However, however difficult their lives are, they have not forsaken their faith. They have been persecuted for their faith since 2003, but they have remained steadfast, holding the cross dear to their heart. Juliana, tell us about some of the recent uh, tragedies. Uh, this might move people's hearts to help step, you know, help them step up and donate and help out these people, especially during this Christmas time. Recently, there were a couple of events that are tragic. Sure, and also, unfortunately, on November 26th, they leveled St. Ephraim's Church, and as well as they damaged the, um, the Dominican Sisters' convent pretty badly. Thank God no one was killed, but they leveled the church. And uh, the refugees that are living in Syria and in Jordan and also here in Chicago, their situation is dire as well. Uh, I want your listeners to also pray for those refugees that are outside Iraq. For example, there's a woman whose three daughters were kidnapped and killed because they worked with Americans as translators. Hmm. Her husband passed away of a heartbreak, and she only has one daughter left who is clinically depressed. They're living here in Chicago. They also need, uh, they are in need of financial assistance. 
But uh, there is good news. One small piece of good news I can give you is uh, in the elections that are coming up in February or March of 2000, uh, there is opportunity for five providential or provincial representatives that are Christians to be elected. So that's a piece of good news that I uh, have for your listeners. Well, that's excellent, yes. <laughs> we need the good news because the coming of Christ, the whole message of the season, is about good news through it all. It's about the light coming into the darkness. And as always, we thank you for enlightening us, Juliana, because there is, in a sense, a sort of a darkness in our country about what's really happening there, about the plight of Christians in Iraq. And that's why we're fortunate to have someone like you to keep us informed and to move our hearts and to pray for them, to try to try to donate, help them out the best we can, especially at this time of year. It's ironic that the place, the area, the land where Christ was incarnate, where God came into this world, and this reality is the one that has so much hardship and strife. So we do remember them, and we wish you and all your friends there at the Iraqi Christian Relief Organization a blessed Christmas and most blessed New Year. Thanks so much for joining us, and we hope to have you on again. Likewise, Father Tom. God bless you. God bless your listeners, and thanks again for everything. Our website is iraqichristianrelief.org. And from all of us here at Light of the East, we wish you a most blessed Christmas season, a most blessed New Year. Thank you for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To find out more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue this program with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount would be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois 60491. That's Light of the East 14610 Will Cook Road spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K, Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. From the light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God bless you and grant you many happy years.